2: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
0: Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers.
0: We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo,
2: quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Yeah, you heard it. It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. He is Chris Peterman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and I am Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today sports media group. Got a lot to cover today. The 49ers have made a bunch of roster moves. Training training camp has begun. We've got people talking to the media. There's so much to kind of sift through, but Chris uh there was some some news that you wanted to get to first
1: yeah i think it's bigger than anything that's happened so far with the point 49ers training camp and that's kyle madsen has started taking up yoga
2: yes yeah i have um part of my explain part of my daily routine has been getting up early for work and trying to do some kind of workout and i i realized that i needed to to stretch and work on my flexibility and i decided to start doing yoga and so i've been doing that all week it's been it's been great it's very different but i'm i'm enjoying it so far and i'm also enjoying my slow evolution into chris biederman i'm wearing glasses now um i'm (laughs) doing the job you used to do at niner's wire before moving on to the sacramento b i do yoga i golf
1: you drink ipas i drink
2: Big IPA guy, you actually bought me my first IPA at a at a Foster Farms Bowl game, right. Stanford, Maryland, where I discovered Stevon Diggs. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you did. I did. I uh, I had it first. So yeah, this is just my my evolution into uh, one of the people that I that I talk to the most is kind of uh, just I don't want to say it's complete, but it's it's definitely ever evolving.
1: Yeah, I think it's time for you to scrap everything and start over. Mm. I don't. I don't think following, following, like becoming me, is is, a, is something I'd wish upon anybody. Does but. Nick Wagner golf? <laughs> he does not. He enjoys golf though.
2: Okay, great. Good yeah. to know. Maybe maybe I'll try and transform into Nick Wagner. Instead.
1: <laughs> a far better idea, in big, my opinion.
2: Big Nick guy. Uh, <laughs> all right let's <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the forty nineers stuff. We'll we'll start with. Uh, A trio of roster moves that I think, and we'll go through these each individually, but the the trio of roster moves that really stands out. They signed former Washington tight end Jordan Reed. They signed former Dolphins, Seahawks, and Raiders defensive end Deion Jordan. And they also lost uh, cornerback DJ Reed to the Seahawks after waiving Reed. Seahawks uh, claimed him off waivers. He was Out with an injury, but let's get to, let's get to, I think the biggest signing first with, with Jordan Reed, a move that didn't come with a ton of fanfare really nationally. But when you start to, when you start to dig a little bit, you start to see the kind of very, very high reward, low risk nature for the 49ers. We'll get into why it's, why it's a risk for Reed, but for the 49ers, uh, Tony Jefferson used to play for the Ravens. Was was tweeting about the George Kittle, Jordan Reed combination. Dante Whitner joined us on 95.7 The Game and called Reed a top five tight end in the NFL when he's healthy. So this could be a potentially significant move for the Niners. But uh, Chris, as I mentioned, it doesn't doesn't come without risk for uh, the player who's spent a lot of his career uh, battling concussions.
1: Yeah, so the issue with Jordan Reed is that he's had seven concussions, and he, his most recent one, his most recent documented concussion, came in the preseason last year against the Falcons when he took a shot to from Keanu Neal, um, effectively ending his season, and it led to Reed getting released by Washington in February. So yeah, the point about there being really high upside to this move is certainly valid. But if you go back through Reed's recent career, he has missed a lot of games, including the entire 2019 season. Um, And so anytime you talk about somebody with multiple concussions, it's clearly a red flag. But seven concussions is a whole lot. But this is a guy who's averaged well over 500 yards a season um, during his career when he is healthy and he was uh in 2017 he was number 65 on the nfl's top 100 which i know is something familiar with 49ers fans um just given that they've had a whole bunch of players named uh, i think it was last week the top 100 came out so um in 2016 he signed a five-year 47 point or 46.75 million dollar contract that was the second biggest deal for tight ends in the entire nfl and um so Jordan Reed is a has a lot of talent. He's a very talented player, obviously familiar with Kyle Shanahan's offense because Shanahan was the offensive coordinator with Washington when Reed was drafted. Um, so yeah, the upside is absolutely there, and you can totally see what the 49ers are thinking here because they had been reportedly interested in adding a second tight end uh, during the offseason, there was a report that they kicked tires on Austin Hooper, who wound up signing for four years and $44 million with the Browns, which is now the biggest tight end contract in the league. Um, so it makes sense because, look, you lose Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel is banged up, you need another pass catcher. And Reed moves like a wide receiver. He seems to me to fit that classic move tight end role that that Kyle Shanahan likes. Um, and the 49ers want to do all they can to try to preserve George Kittle and make it so they don't need him to play you know, 95% of the snaps each week because um, as, as durable as Kittle is in terms of being willing to play through just about anything, um, he's getting to the point in his career now where you got to start conserving him for when you really need him in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Otherwise, he's, he's just going to be banged up, and that was an issue Rob Gronkowski had uh, in the last few seasons of his Patriots career before, you know, taking the year off and and now rejoining Tampa Bay. But, um, I like the signing for them. It's really, there's, there isn't a whole lot of risk there. They're, they're not bringing Reed in to fix their tight end position. They're, you know, they're bringing him in to potentially offer them a number two option. And, and if his health continues to be a problem, then, you know, you still have, Uh, Ross Dwelley who has some experience you used a sixth round draft pick on Charlie Warner Um, so you do have bodies there and uh, and the Jordan Reed thing I I think has upside but um, I wouldn't go celebrating in the streets necessarily I think he could be a nice weapon but the health is clearly a big issue um, because seven documented concussions is is no joke
2: yeah, now he's in a situation where they won't be playing preseason games, which, as you mentioned at the top, that's where he got his concussion last year. So he won't have to play preseason games, and now he's in a scenario where I'm not sure the Niners will ever use him as like an inline blocker. He's not a great blocker, but you can split him out wide, you can put him in the slot. Uh, I, I think that there's a bunch of different ways they can use him, where it's limiting his snaps, maximizing his effectiveness. And just giving the 49ers a, a, a big receiver. He, he's essentially a big wide receiver. Uh, giving them that type of weapon that they really don't they really don't have. Maybe Jalen Hurd eventually falls into that mold. Um, maybe maybe uh, a player like Juwan Jennings, although I don't think he's athletic enough, but uh, just kind of a big-bodied person to put in the slot or, or line up out wide and just create a mismatch by... Uh, by virtue of just being on the field. And then there's the obvious uh, two tight end stuff you can do with Kittle and Reed. And then don't even get me started on the three tight end stuff that they can get going as well. So <laughs> there's 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 a lot of really good things that can happen if Jordan Reed is, is healthy for the 49ers. And it doesn't involve him playing more than 15 or 20 snaps a game. And I I think that's really, for for somebody like him who has had concussion issues and wants to continue playing, I think that's the ideal scenario.
1: Yeah, and so Reed, you know, this time last year was was coming off um, a pretty good season, but he was also healthier uh, than he had been in in a a few years. And there's a Washington Post story that um, I read about or I read tonight, and and just talking about you know Reed getting released by Washington in February, and what he said during training camp before that concussion was that um, he was he was feeling really healthy after dealing with foot, toe, and hamstring injuries in in recent seasons. And Reed said, "I feel a lot different. I was able to train this whole three months leading up to camp before I was trying to walk again." and just getting out of the walking boot and things like that, I feel a lot better not dealing with as much pain, and I feel stronger. So Reed's body was in a pretty good spot, but obviously it was the concussion issue um, that kept him out uh, of 2019 altogether. So um, one thing that Kyle Shanahan said that he really likes about Jordan Reed is that he's one of the best third down uh, tight ends in the league when when he's fully healthy, and, and 10 of his 24 touchdowns have come on third down. So given that... You would expect teams to load up on George Kittle in the red zone, maybe even Debo Samuel. Now we know Kendrick Bourne has a knack for catching touchdown passes. Um, throwing another option out there, like Jordan Reed, you know, could could potentially uh, open things up for all these other guys. So I, I I do like the addition from that standpoint.
2: So do they keep? So it, it's going into this year. It looked like it was going to be Kittle, Dwelly. And Warner, the three tight ends, and then Chase Harrell and and Daniel Helm were also on the roster. If Jordan Reed makes it through training camp healthy, I assume he makes the roster.
1: Right. Do they so. keep?
2: Do they keep four tight ends? Then
1: I think they had four throughout a lot of last year, if not all of it, because they had. Or Garrett had- Selleck, I think, started on um, an injured list, so maybe they had three yeah. to open the year and and um for after week six but no they had garrett Selleck, levine toy lolo rostwelly and george kittle for the vast majority of last season and then Um, daniel
2: helm was up but not active when Selleck went down again
1: right right so they have had four tight ends on the roster before it wouldn't be entirely entirely crazy and we and we should keep in mind too that the roster could expand to 55 players um, on game days if, if the 49ers do decide to promote two practice squad guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's there's a pretty reasonable chance they have four tight ends. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it was Kittle, uh, Reed, Dwelly, and, um, and Warner. I, I think those guys all have different skill sets, obviously, and, and maybe complement each other well. But maybe if you have four tight ends, and maybe you have to have five receivers instead of six, or um, maybe you start looking at the defensive line and you get a little thin there. Every, obviously, every single you know roster decision you make impacts the, the rest of the team in terms of overall numbers. So if you do carry four tight ends, you might have to go lighter somewhere else. Um, and we do expect the 49ers to keep three quarterbacks. and um, They're going to have a lot of interesting decisions to make when it comes down to final cuts, but uh, certainly among them, I think, is, is whether or not they want to keep four tight ends Um, and if all those guys are deserving of roster spots.
2: Let's go to the second signing they made, uh, or are expected to make, I should say. You reported that the 49ers and Deion Jordan are still hammering out the terms of a contract, but it is likely that that deal will get done. Deion Jordan, the third overall pick in 2013 by the Dolphins out of Oregon. Ten and a half sacks and 50 career games, but... So he missed all of 2015 with a performance-enhancing drug violation. He missed 2016. From what I understand, he was reinstated, but didn't play. Um, And then last year, while he was serving a 10-game suspension with the Raiders, he admitted to taking Adderall. So some, some, I don't want to call them red flags, but there have been some off-field issues with Deion Jordan through his career. But he's had what's the word I'm looking for? He's, he's had a couple of flashes where he's shown why he was a number three pick, but he has not done them consistently. And he just has not been able to stay, has not been able to stay really on the field and producing at a, at a regular rate. What does this, what, how, I I guess we'll start here. You have it put perfectly in the rundown. How good is Deion Jordan going to be?
1: It's a great question. I don't know. He's, yeah, he's very <laughs> talented. He's really athletic. Um, in 2017 with Seattle, in just five games, he did have four sacks. Um, and then in 2018, in 12 games, he had one and a half sacks. Uh, and last year with Oakland appearing in seven games, he had two sacks. And those came against the Jaguars and Bengals. Watch video cutups of those today. Um, and they weren't exactly like, you know, the impressive style sacks where he just beat somebody who was right. – um one was he he was lining up inside and basically went unblocked and another was basically a cleanup sack where the quarterback uh it was kind of a coverage sack he didn't really have anywhere to go stepped up in the pocket and then at that point um jordan made that was able to make the sack so
2: we call that a solomon thomas
1: oh okay i i don't hate that (laughs) so Um, so
2: i i maybe you're maybe you're going here but I know he had the two sacks at the Raiders, but some people were calling him a top third edge rusher in the league last year.
1: Yeah. So pro football focus does their pass rush productivity metric that calculates hits, hurries and sacks and pressures um, and sort of makes it into a, uh, like a ratio stat, right? So right. an efficiency set, I should yes. say. Apparently he was um, around, I think it was the, the, He was like the 36th percentile or something, Um, so he was around that range. The problem was it was such a small sample size, it was 120 snaps. Um, But that's not to say he can't be an efficient pass rusher, but it's one of those things where, um, I mean, I wouldn't consider him a, a top third pass rusher from last season. I think the NFL market sort of speaks to that. I think if he was a top third pass rusher, he isn't somebody who would be joining the 49ers on a very minimal contract as they're starting training camp in August. Like pass rushers, pass rushing defensive ends are very much in high demand. So if the league thought highly of him, I I would think that he would have signed somewhere on a bigger deal in free agency. But so far, he just hasn't lived up to his draft billing. There's been some um, stuff with alcohol. Uh, Apparently he's been sober since 2017. Um, So we'll have to see. I mean, the, the good thing for the 49ers is, you know, they're, and, and I think I guess you could say this just about anywhere else on the roster with the exception of receiver like nobody they're bringing in right now is gonna have to like fix a position you know that like this is this is more or less insurance for Ronald Blair right to find like yeah. somebody who might be able to give you 10 12 snaps a game in pass rushing situations probably in the first or second quarter when you want to keep D Ford and, and Nick Bosa you know maybe off the field on first and second downs or whatever. Um, I, I can't imagine that Deion Jordan is going to have a huge role. So if you're going for upside, then it's certainly there. And um, you might be able to find very specific ways to use him because Nick Bosa and D Ford are going to get the majority of those snaps. And I would, so. I would be willing to guess Solomon Thomas is going to play more than Deion Jordan. Um, you know, so the, the 49ers have lots of guys, on their defensive line. And, and when I see Dion Jordan getting signed, I think this is somebody who is probably going to take Ronald Blair's spot while he's working his way back from his ACL tear. He suffered in November. Um, and then you're talking about guys like Carrie Hyder and Alex Barrett who are really on the fringe of the roster. Right. Uh, those are the people to me that Jordan's going to be competing with. So, you know, he's a former number three overall pick in 2013. Um, He's played in 50 games. He does have 10 and a half sacks for his career, but you know it would take. It's an interesting signing. It's similar to Reed in that there is some, there is some upside. He's far from guaranteed to making the team, but just given his overall talent, he could help provide depth to the roster. And and really, like you know, sometimes the difference between good and great teams is the depth that you have. Um, when you're building, you know, I know Kevin Clark, especially for the, the block, Niners last year. Yeah, Kevin Clark, friend of the pod, talks about it all the time. Like you win in the NFL by having the best roster. Maybe, you know, if your you if your guys, you know, forty-two through fifty-three are better than any other teams' guys at forty-two through fifty-three in terms of you know those roster spots, um, that could be the difference between you know being a contender and and being a Super Bowl champion. So. I don't know that Jordan Jordan Reed and and Deion Jordan are necessarily going to be the difference, but if they turn in good seasons and take advantage of their opportunities, then that could be really helpful for the 49ers down the road.
2: Signing a former top five pick on a minimum contract is just good business, and that's why the 49ers are going to be in the Super Bowl again. It's my Kevin Clark. Anyways. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I like. that. Thank you. Um, Shout out to Kevin. Here's the deal. We talk about Deion Jordan's ceiling. What's his ceiling? Dude, he's been in the league for eight years. He has 10 and a half sacks in 50 games. I think we kind of know his ceiling. Like Guys don't break out in year nine. I don't care what they've had go on early in their career. Like It's just he is kind of what he is at this point. What the 49ers need to do if they're going to have some success with Deion Jordan is they, they talk all of the time about trying to be like the Patriots, and every team wants to, uh, um, wants to model their team after the Patriots and have that similar type of run. Well, this is the type of signing that the Patriots would make where it's a former top five pick. There's obviously talent there. There's obviously some form of skill there. Maybe it's not the ceiling that we thought he had in the draft, but there is a productive player somewhere in Deion Jordan's frame. So what the Niners need to do is find what he's good at and then only have him on the field to do that thing. Yeah. And maybe it's it's third and seven or more, and he's just a monster at pinning his ears back. And beating a tackle around the corner and getting to the quarterback and that's all he does. Um, great. Um, that's that's going to be the important thing here. And I, I maybe he gets five or six sacks and and plays in twelve or fourteen or sixteen games or whatever it is and has a few nice plays. I think that's really kind of the ceiling at this point. Is is a very situational pass rusher and the 49ers just need to figure out what exactly he's good at and make sure he's only doing that thing or else they're going to be, I think pretty sorely disappointed like every other team has been. uh, Yeah. And
1: I, I think it's worth pointing out too that, you know, the 49ers really didn't have another speed pass rusher off the edge last season. Aside from D Ford, Ford was sort of unique in terms of, um, in terms of his skill set relative to the rest of the roster and when ford was healthy the niners averaged three and a half sacks per game obviously one of the best pass rushes in the league when ford didn't play they averaged 1.8 sacks per game and when ford came back for the playoffs the niners averaged 4.3 sacks per game in the playoffs the point being in that you know if ford and or nick bosa were to miss any time you do want somebody else there that can provide more than what the 49ers had last year. And they, you know, they obviously lost Ronald Blair in the second half of the season. Demontre Moore broke his arm. Um, so, you know, maybe Deion Jordan can be that guy. Uh, I wouldn't bank on it. You know, like I think he does have some upside and and maybe mm-hmm. he can give you something if he's coached really well and Chris Kasuric is certainly viewed as one of the better defensive line coaches in the league right now. Um, and it's a good room. You know, like those are there are a lot of yeah. dudes in that room. And so a lot of in dudes. order to in order to, you know, establish yourself and, and deserve playing time uh, in that particular room, you're really going to have to earn it, I think. So, yeah, there there is a little bit of upside there. A lot of dudes in that room wearing masks, practicing social
2: distancing. Yep.
1: Let's sure. let's Bigger get room.
2: let's get to a break, uh get to DJ Reed and uh, then we'll talk Niner safeties.
1: Sure. Kyle, as you know, sports are back. And Hell yeah, they back. are. Um, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams Can I... and events. Shout out to the Oakland A's, winner of five straight. Can uh, I? Major Can League I... Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our Great exclusive point. partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. All available 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And with the and with the return of sports. BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, a former Ohio State Buckeye, Harold Reynolds, a seven-time NBA champ, Robert Ori. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. That's a good pun. You'd it's a appreciate really good, a good pun. pun. I do. Uh, v- visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-the-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts.
2: It's worth noting too. There's just like free money out there. Like when the Jazz are playing the Grizzlies after Jaron Jackson Jr. went down, take the Jazz. You've got Toronto playing against uh, a a um uh who did Toronto beat? Help me out. <laughs> the Bucks? Nope, that's not right. The Celtics? Nope, that's not right either. I don't know. They played one of the bad teams in the bubble. And it was just that that's that's easy money. And then you go look at the Lakers. They've locked up the one seed. They're coasting. They're playing against a Thunder team that is not only good, but uh, is playing for something. They were plus 195. You tie them up in a parlay. Boom. That's easy work. Get to bet online right now. Hit that promo code and uh, start winning some money.
1: Hey, Kyle, have you ever heard of DealDash.com? No, Chris. Tell me all about it, please. Well, it's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0.00 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use offer code Candlestick or DealDash.FM slash candlestick that's d-e-a-l-d-a-s-h dot f-m slash candlestick
2: all right let's get to the dj reed news this is kind of weird a weird move uh, that that came down that came down wednesday so the, the 49ers on Tuesday placed DJ Reed on waivers. He was on a non-football injury list. He tore a pectoral in the offseason. remember we talked about it on the podcast. And John Lynch said in his press conference Monday, basically said DJ Reed is probably done for the year. So what they did was they put him on waivers so he would revert to their injured reserve and not count against their cap this year. They couldn't put him on IR straight away. Uh, Because he suffered his injury while not with the team. So, they put him on waivers thinking he would clear waivers and they would just be able to revert him to the IR. He would rehab this year, return to the team next year for the final year of his contract. But, by putting him on waivers, you subject him to uh, the waiver claim process and the Seattle Seahawks claimed him. So, DJ Reed, the 49ers 2018 fifth round pick, backup nickel, uh, and special teams player is now a Seattle Seahawk and I'm not sure the 49ers really anticipated that.
1: No, I don't think anybody did. I think the expectation was that he would just clear waivers and revert to injured reserve. Um to me this indicates that the Seahawks liked DJ Reed coming out of the draft in 2018. Mm -hmm. And uh obviously it's a similar system, so the transition isn't going to be that much. I know there's you know there's always this thing where like oh the Niners and Seahawks have so many players in common and you know the Seahawks will sign DJ Reed to learn all the 49ers secrets like it doesn't really work that way <laughs> it's just it's that's not really how it goes I, I think it's more to the fact that they like his skill set they think seattle thinks he could he could offer them something and and look reed in his two starts in 2018 at nickel played pretty well towards the end of that yeah. season replacing kwan williams and he looked like somebody who might be a viable starter going forward. I think losing Reed doesn't really hurt the 49ers so much this year, but I think in 2021 it hurts them because he was a player on his rookie contract um at a position where they're pretty thin. Like he he was mm-hmm. he was playing a lot of outside cornerback last year. Um he's basically here he was basically their third third string free safety and essentially their third string nickel, um, because Kwan Williams and, and Emmanuel Mosley are really the top two nickels right now. So it doesn't really kill them this year, but you look at 2021, and then uh, that's when Richard Sherman, Akella Witherspoon, and Kwan Williams are all slated for free agency. It would have been nice to have DJ Reed at least under your control on the roster uh, to potentially, I don't know if he would have started, but at least... Uh, be a body that you trust who would be a veteran at that point and somebody who, you know, you might feel comfortable with starting some games if need be. So I think losing Reed hurts the 49ers from the standpoint of 2021 because they already lacked depth in the secondary to begin with. Um, But for, for 2020, it's not really a big thing because like I said, he was, he was kind of a third string guy and, and really was only active on special teams And we don't know for a fact that Reed would have made the team coming out of training camp anyway. Like, I think just about everybody would project he would because he's been on the team. Um, But there are players like that every year where it's like, you think he's not going to get cut, and he just does because that's how final cuts are. They can be unpredictable. And Reed might have been um, a bubble guy. and, And I could imagine, and this is just speculating, but I could imagine the team wasn't exactly thrilled that he tore his pec while working out away from the team, right? Like, I think yeah. the team would stress being smart and trying to stay healthy and everything like that. Um, and I think the classic example, I have no idea how Reed did it, but, like, you see George Kittle's bench-pressing videos. George Kittle is given, like, one of those little roller pads, and they the whoever's spotting him puts it right in the middle of his chest. So he's not, you know, like, he, he's, he's trying to mitigate injury while bench pressing more than he ever has limiting really? the range of motion right you're limiting range of motion and i think you know going all the way down on some of those chest press exercises can can lead to some of those injuries and so you know maybe that's what happened with reed i don't know i don't i don't want to speculate exactly how it happened but i do feel pretty comfortable saying i think the 49ers were not exactly thrilled with the fact that he tore his pec during an offseason an season workout um, that would keep him out until early November at the least, and the 49ers basically decided, well, if we want Reed on the team, he would have to be on the be on the 53-man roster after final cuts, and then you put him on injured reserve, uh, and eventually down the road give him the return designation. There's no way to allow Reed to play in or 2020 um without having him make that initial 53-man roster once final cuts are done so given the fact that he was going to be out until at least november um it would have been there would have been a little bit of risk involved in trying to keep him um but i think the 49ers probably viewed it as he was unlikely to get picked up and then right obviously he did so we'll see I, but I, I guess the bigger point being, I think it hurts him more for 2021 than 2020.
2: Yeah, he would have been one of the guys to, if they lose K1 Williams this offseason, he would have been one of the guys competing for the, the starting nickel job. But let's talk safeties. Safeties. You have Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart. those are your starters. Tavarius Moore, Marcel Harris, Jared Maiden, who is an undrafted rookie out of Alabama, and Demetrius Flanagan Foles, an undrafted second-year player from the University of Arizona. The 49ers though, pretty thin uh, at that position. Uh, they let go of Chris Edwards, who played safety, and then Derek Kindred, uh, another guy who played safety, who was on the roster. They let both of those guys go. So uh, the 49ers a little bit thin uh, on the back end, but they their their starters are intact. I think they're pretty comfortable with Tavares Moore and Marcel Harris as the two backups. But the bigger question than that, we'll we'll get into who makes a roster, who doesn't. But Jaquaski Tart is going into the final year of his contract. There was maybe some talk of, of replacing him in a Jamal Adams trade. Is this Joukowsky Tart's last year uh, with the team that drafted him in the second round?
1: Yeah, I kind of think this is the last year for him because you have to pay George Kittle, um, you really want to pay Trent Williams, who's going to make, I don't know, as much as George Kittle at least. I would say Williams' starting point is probably going to be around $16 million a year, um, which is basically what Trent Brown got from the Raiders. So you do have to pay Trent, uh, Fred Warner at some point. So it's it's going to be really hard to give out a contract to G- Joukowsky Tart, who's essentially missed about half his games over the last three years due to injury. So um, he he's probably one of their more replaceable starters who's slated for free agency. Um, and this is before even talking about whatever you want to do at cornerback, uh, whether that's bring Richard Sherman back, whether that's get a veteran elsewhere who might be a little bit younger than Sherman. Um, you know, the, the 49ers are really going to be up against it. And it could be that all these decisions mean guys like Quan Alexander, Weston Richburg, and D and Ford, who basically have their, guarantees in their contracts over with beyond this season um those guys might be on the chopping block in order to pay everybody you need to i.e kittle williams fred warner and you know richard sherman or whoever else you plan to to start at cornerback which is not a cheap position um so yeah i think the 49ers probably end up drafting a safety um in uh the second or third round maybe i i don't know if that they would go the fourth round but um i think they like Jaworski, and it's not really an indictment of Jaworski. it's just the way they're building their team right now i don't know that it makes sense to have a safety that's not going to be on a rookie contract and like you mentioned when we were talking about the jamal Adams thing, there are a lot of really good safeties that weren't necessarily high draft picks um so you can find a good safety like Jaworski tart who was a second round pick Um, and, uh, I, I think, I think that's probably the route the 49ers go. Um, one thing we didn't put in the rundown, which I regret because I spent a lot of time putting the rundown together, uh, Kelvin, uh, Kelvin, I've done this a lot. Travis Benjamin, not Kelvin Benjamin, Travis Benjamin opted out of the season first 49er to do it. I think he's, I don't know, something like the 50th player in the league to do it. Um, I don't know that it necessarily changes a whole lot for the 49ers. I I think they would have liked Travis Benjamin to maybe provide some, an option as a return man, um, because you don't know if Richie James is going to make the team. And I would assume that Benjamin opting out is probably good, good news for Richie James. But I mean, the 49ers have lots of bodies at receiver. They don't have a lot of established bodies, but they have lots of guys. So I don't know that this necessarily hurts them in a significant way. He was a veteran and established player who was experienced within Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, but I guess if there's good news, it's that he'll be under contract for the, with the 49ers in 2021, should he decide to come back? So there, there is that, but for now it's probably going to be, um, you know, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Iuke, and then Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd, Dante Pettis, and, Jawan Jennings or DJ Reed or whatever the the receiver battle we've talked about. You can go back in a, in another podcast and listen, but I don't know that that Travis Benjamin opting out of the season is really going to hurt the 49ers in a significant way.
2: Okay. So a player who did not opt out. And speaking of replacement level box safeties, Marcel so, Harris, sorry,
1: sorry. I changed the subject.
2: Uh, it's okay. You only ruined my transition a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, Marcel Harris, you, you, I, I mentioned that a replacement level box safety would do fine in the Niners' defense. Can Marcel Harris be a replacement level, like just league average player at that I, position?
1: Sure. Okay. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I to me, Marcel Harris is probably your fourth safety in i an, an ideal situation. Like there, there was. There was a pretty big difference last year between Marcel Harris and Jakowski Tart.
2: Yeah, the Saints picked on Harris a lot.
1: Yeah, and I, I just think, like, Tart's pretty good. Harris was, I mean, last year he was probably a below average, you know, below replacement level player, I would say, just on defense overall as, like, a starting defensive player. Um, good special teams guy. I just... I haven't seen enough from him yet to be like, yeah, you can move on from Jaquaski Tart because you have right. Marcel Harris. I think Harris can absolutely be in the mix, but I don't think Marcel Harris is going to prevent you from drafting a strong safety in the second round. He did like, have I, that I,
2: awesome I, strip against the Ravens on Lamar yeah, Jackson. Did. That was cool. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think this, this role for Marcel Harris, where he's playing special teams and is a backup strong safety who... Gets a spot start here and there. I think that's the perfect role for him because, I think in sixteen games, he his any any warts on his game really kind of show through, and the Niners start having to move their defense around to try and to try and make up for some of the 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 shortcomings when he's on the field.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the Saints game. I think their first three touchdowns in that game all went to tight ends that Marcel Harris was covering. Yes, I think that's right. And he had a bad miss tackle. Um, mm-hmm. So look, I, I don't and think he's a bad player. I think yeah. he's fine to have on your roster. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah.
2: Maybe maybe if he's going into a year where he knows he's a starter, he changes some things. Or I I, I don't know. Uh, he's good to have around. And if the Niners do let Tart walk, Harris will definitely be in the in the competition to start. Unless they spend like an early first round pick on a on a strong safety. So
1: I don't think that's that's going to happen. I don't think so either. Is, It'll be a uh, first-round pick in 2021 is either going to be on a tackle if Trent Williams walks, a cornerback if Richard Sherman walks, or a receiver if they just need another A kicker
2: if Robbie Gold walks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would be a this- really good idea. Uh,
2: just to, just to kind of wrap this up, Demetrius Flanagan Foles is a linebacker safety hybrid. He's, he's one of those players that I'm just going to kind of keep an eye out for. Uh, I'm not going to super intently dig for Demetrius Flanagan Foles news, but if it starts popping up that he's playing well in camp, I think that'll be notable. Uh, just given all the things we just talked about at, at strong safety. And then Jared Maiden's interesting too, because he wasn't super like awesome in Alabama's defense, but he was a starter and played multiple roles on Alabama's defense um, smart player so I'm interested to see what his role is uh, in camp and if he's able to able to do enough to land on the practice squad because I don't think he's gonna make the roster uh, out of the gate but uh, yeah the, one the more
1: stuff lo- with like guys like that typically during a normal offseason we've watched them practice right yeah I haven't seen any of these dudes practice in a long time, so yeah. we're just kind of speculating. Total speculation. But uh, we, the we moral, should be starting the, the. we should get some – I mean, 10 media members are going to be allowed to watch practice at once, um, which means I'll probably get to watch like one or two a week because there's going to be a rotation and sounds like pool reports and all that kind of stuff. But um, this – the moral of this story, though, in all the things we just talked about,
2: is this is like the their – I'm going to call it their – you have thinnest. I'm going to call it their worst position on the roster.
1: Really? Like top, like top to bottom. I mean, I'm I am basking in glorious shade from my uh, new palm trees I planted uh, trees. at my estate Rich on Jimmy line. Ward Island. And I have a hard. No, time. G- Jimmy Ward. Jimmy I Ward's fantastic.
2: Time. Jimmy Ward's fantastic. Jaquaski <laughs> Tart is a good player. And then after that, it's a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah, that's they have the the least amount of depth there. I think
2: they're they shallowest, they're least deep. That's maybe that's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. I just none of the names outside of Warden Tart inspire a ton of
1: confidence. Right, but hopefully you don't need to play more than two safeties. Right, that's or, the, yeah. That's a Tavarius Moore is going to play a lot, I think.
2: Interesting. Okay.
1: I think that third down package they tried it out in the Super Bowl is gonna be, gonna be what they go to. It felt, it felt a like lot. they were
2: saving that for a situation like the Super
1: Bowl. That was the big the big wrinkle, and I think yeah. it worked pretty effectively until yeah. so Patrick Mahomes took a shotgun snap, ran back 15 yards, and then hucked it 60 yards. Made a road. throw that like one person on earth can make. Yeah, um,
2: that's 500 million dollar throw. Uh, okay, are we are we done here?
1: Yeah, unless we want to awkwardly transition to, like, a, a reserve receiver conversation again. <laughs> Let's talk I had just assumed thinking. we were done Do talking safeties. That's back. why I threw that in there. Um,
2: no, it's fine. Uh, we definitely should have gotten to it earlier, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, this has been Candlestick Chronicles. Subscribe, rate, review if you haven't. Um, hit us up on Twitter and critique how I talk about golf. Shout out to that guy. I said Play, I'm going to go golfing, and I'm supposed to say, hey, Chris, I'm going to go play golf on Sunday at Cordova in Sacramento. I'm very excited about it. Mm. So, Yeah, I'm looking forward
1: to getting on the course with you.
2: Can't wait to hit the links. That's yep. what we say with my fellow yogi. <laughs> All right, we're at her. All
1: right.